0: Hi, I'm Abby, and I'm here with Alan. Hello. And we are here from the future. We're so thankful that you're listening to the early episodes of our podcast. We just wanted to give you a heads up that our format has changed pretty dramatically. And now we do these deep dives into occult and horror history, as well as reading horror stories.
1: So if you want to enjoy the podcast in its current format, start somewhere around episode 22.
0: Or listen backwards. Enjoy. Hello there, and welcome to the first ever episode of the Lunatics Radio Hour. My name is Abby Branker. For those of you who are not familiar with films about lunatics, it's a fun project, very community-based and collaborative. We make short films, we make magazines. I do a lot of writing of short stories, and all of them are a little bit creepy and horror-based, so I thought, why not turn them into a podcast with all of my friends? So, this podcast is going to be pretty easy. We're going to read you short, creepy stories. If you have any interest in writing them or reading them or being part of this in any way, you can send an email to filmsaboutlunatics at gmail.com. We would love to have you. This is definitely an experiment. We're going to see how this goes and if it works. Um, So we appreciate any and all feedback, any thoughts, any suggestions. You know, that kind of stuff. All right, so let's get into it. So my friends are going to help me read a bunch of these stories as we go. A lot of them are much better at reading stories on Mike than I am. But since this is the first one, and since I've written all these, it feels fitting that I should kick things off. This one is called The Man with an Axe. It's a story I wrote for Halloween this year. Buckle up.
1: The Man with the Axe. Written I have a Narrated.
0: I have a She was convinced from a very young age that something horrific was going to happen to her someday. She just knew it. Between the scary movies her parents brought the family to and falling asleep as the X-Files theme drifted into her room from the living room each night, she was primed for a horror ending. Her first floor bedroom freaked her out. It seemed all too easy for some serial murderer like the Golden State Killer just to waltz up with a knife and slash through her oh-so-thin window screen. It was too hot to sleep with the windows closed in the summer, and her family didn't have any air conditioners. Her dad said they were useless money pits. She wasn't sure what that meant, but as she laid sweating in bed, she cursed him for his frugal attitude, not because of the heat, but because of her unlocked, wide-open, first-floor bedroom windows around her. They were practically asking for a home invasion. She was particularly scared on this night because her parents were out of town. Her older and very irresponsible brother was supposed to be watching her, though it really felt like she was babysitting him. She had to order the pizza and clean up the kitchen after his friends left. They thought they were cool because all six of them shared one beer during dinner. She had rolled her eyes. She rolled over in bed. She had been trying not to look out the window. It only freaked her out more. She'd end up staring at a shadow for ten minutes, convinced it was a hidden killer. She had heard a noise, a creaking and a snap. She knew it had to be nothing, just an animal, because for thirteen years, until now, it had been nothing. But as she turned to look towards the source of the sound, she saw that it was indeed not nothing. A man stood in the middle of her yard. He was wearing a bright red, long-sleeved shirt and jean overalls. He had a sort of half-mask on, covering the top of his face. It certainly wasn't her imagination animating a shadow. He was clearly a man in an absurd outfit, wearing a creepy mask, holding a large axe, looking directly at her. Her jaw dropped. She always pictured herself screaming in this sort of situation, but no sound came out. He swung the axe up over his shoulder. Slowly a wide grin spread across his face. Suddenly she sprang into action. She rolled off her bed and slammed her window shut, locking it. There was a second window in her room, near the back of the house. She didn't want to take her eyes off of him, but she knew she had to lock it. She backed towards it, crossing her room backwards, not taking her eyes off of him until the very last second. He remained still, his smile as wide as ever. She locked it, safe, until she remembered the windows in the rest of the house. Had her dad remembered to lock the back door before they left on their trip? Her mom was always yelling at him about that. She sprinted. She started to yell as she made her way through the house, locking windows. She banged on her brother's door as she passed it. He had a phone line in his room. Ben, call the police. Wake up. Nothing. He must be dead asleep. She locked the kitchen windows, checked the back door, locked the living room. Everything seemed in order. She peered through the stained glass of the front door. She could see the man with the axe's outline through the glass panels. He remained still. She thought about how easy it would be for him to use the axe to break the glass. Was that why he was smiling? He knew that no matter what she tried, he was still going to get her. Without taking her eyes off the man, she picked up the receiver in the living room. She almost laughed to herself. No dial tone. She had been right. She was going to die in a horror movie death. How cliche. He had even cut the phone line. Almost hysterical, she unlocked and flung the living room window open. Are you serious? How predictable can you be you even cut the phone line? He didn't flinch. She almost thought his smile widened slightly, as if he acknowledged her joke. She slammed the window back down and locked it, now convinced it would do nothing to keep him from her, nothing to shield her from death. She ran back to Ben's room. His car was her last hope. His room was on the side of the house. She'd have to sacrifice her view of the man. She flung open his surprisingly unlocked door. She couldn't see him, but she lunged at his bed. Ben, wake up, there's a guy outside with... She couldn't feel anything. She clapped to turn on his light. He wasn't there. Of all the nights he wanted to sneak out to see Jemima Golden... He couldn't have at least told her first. It's not like she'd tattle on him. Fuck. What could she do now? She ran back into the living room. She felt better when she had eyes on the man. He was still there. Her bike. She remembered her bike. Her dad had set it up in the garage before they left. In case it was an emergency and Ben was bleeding to death, he had joked. The thought of pedaling out into the night with her nightgown on and a man with an axe in the yard wasn't appealing. She didn't know what else to do. She knew logically that she couldn't sit here and wait for him to make his move. She thought about sneaking off into the woods behind the house, but on foot he'd surely catch her. Maybe he had other accomplices hiding in the forest around the property, waiting for her to come close. Maybe he was just a distraction from a real threat. She didn't know, but she did know that she wasn't going to accept this ending. She realized he could see her moving around the house. She dropped. She crawled below the window line towards the kitchen, hiding behind the island counter, She snuck a long steak knife out of the drawer and continued on towards the garage. She hoped her dad had forgotten to close the garage door. Opening it would give the man too much of a heads up on her plan. It would only work if he didn't notice her until she was on the bike speeding towards the main road. She slowly opened the door leading to the garage and let out an almost silent sigh of relief. It was open. Her bike sat parked in front of Ben's car. Her dad had even left her helmet on top of the seat. Wait, Ben's car? It all came flooding to her. Her stupid fucking older brother was pranking her because he knew she was scared. He knew she'd be extra vulnerable with her parents out of town. How could she not have noticed him in his stupid half mask? He had teased her about being scared in front of his friends at dinner. Well, fuck him! She buckled on the helmet out of habit and boarded the bike. She tucked the steak knife into the pink basket on the front and started to pedal. She pedaled as fast and as hard as she could, towards the man with the axe. She was like a silent predator on her front lawn. Where did he even get that stupid fucking fake axe? Why hadn't she noticed that it wasn't real all along? She considered herself an aficionado on murder weapons and horror movies. Well, jokes on him. The man with the axe slowly turned towards her, but it was too late. She was on him immediately. She didn't wait to jump off the bike. She rode it right into him, and they crashed into the cool ground. Fuck you, Ben, she screamed as she hit him. You're a piece of shit. Some older brother you are. The man tried to struggle free, but he seemed dazed. His leg was jammed under the bike frame at an odd angle. The axe handle acting as a wedge. I'm so sick of your bullshit. You're supposed to protect me. Johnny even walks Lucy to school every morning. What do you do? Try to fucking scare me like a creep. She let it all out. She wasn't sure her hits were doing much to hurt him, but they made her feel better. Stupid, weird half-mask. Where did you even get? She froze. Her heart slipped into her stomach. She had knocked the mask off. To mock it, maybe to use it to hit him with. It wasn't Ben. She scrambled back, jerking away from him. He tried to snatch her, but his leg was twisted. It must have been broken. Out of the corner of her eye, she saw the knife, grabbing it before he did, and without thinking, she slammed it into his chest. She had seen it done so many times before in the movies. She wasn't expecting to have any effect at all on him. Monsters normally need much more than a single stab wound in the chest to die. Turns out he was only a man. As thick blood poured out of him, she started to sob. Her arm brushed against the very real axe that had severed his lower leg when she crashed into him. Another creak and a snap. Her eyes jumped to the tree line, and she saw what might be a shadow. Something swaying slightly in the dark. Should she run back to the house? What was that muffled noise? It almost sounded like a cry. She unceremoniously pulled the knife out of the man's chest. Was someone calling her name? It only took her a few steps to see what the shadow was. It was Ben, tied up and gagged. She ran over to him, collapsing next to him with joy. Ben, using the knife to cut him free, she looked over him. You seem okay. Are you all right? You just fucking killed him. You saved me. Do you think I'm going to go to jail? Holy shit. No way. Self-defense. He was going to kill us both. Dude, I can't believe you. You're amazing. As she helped Ben towards the neighbor's house to call the police, one thought kept returning to her. If this wasn't her horror movie ending, what would be? The end.
1: If this is how we are starting things off, then this is awesome. I love that story.
0: Thank you. Did we introduce you, Alan? Did we? This is Alan. Alan Kudan. Hello. He is the acting sound engineer. He is an active crew member on all Lunatics projects. And he is my boyfriend.
1: A partner in most senses of the word.
0: There you go. Alan...
1: I I love the the twists. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought that this was totally going to be like, oh, her brother is just like messing with her. Mm -hmm. And then it turns out to be like, oh, no, this is real. But then there's like still like a more mischievous element to it. It's like it's just layers and layers. A lot of fun.
0: Did you really truly feel that way?
1: That is how I felt.
0: Oh, well, that's lovely to hear. I'm glad that you enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, this is a good one.
0: I wrote this one in your bed one day. What? Well, I mean, I was sitting in your bed and you were packing for a job. Wow. I think I was mad at you. Oh. Which is irrelevant, but just kind of the mood I was in. Is it irrelevant? I don't know. Hard to say.
1: I feel like uh, (laughs) it's just more creative fuel for the fire. There you go. Happy to help.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for whatever happened that day.
1: Yeah. So what's next?
0: So next is Anthony. Hmm. International man of mystery, some would say. Mm. Mm. Some. Mm. This story is going to be read by my dear friend and patron of the arts, Anthony. Can I say your last name, Anthony? Yes, please. (laughs) Anthony Robledo. Anthony has been in several lunatics films and is wonderfully supportive to our cause. He even enjoys carving out pumpkins and putting them on his head during Halloween. Welcome, Anthony.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: Anthony, do you have anything you want to plug? Any apps you're working on right now?
2: No apps, no plugs. No plugs? Just, just hugs. Just hugs. Should I get to reading?
0: Yeah, get to reading. All right. Here is a reading of one of the few creepypasta-type stories I've ever written. I'm um, too afraid to post it on Reddit, but maybe someday. It's called Roulette. Take it away, Anthony.
1: Roulette. Written by Abby Bremer. Narrated by
2: Anthony Rigletto. We found the game on Reddit. It was under a paranormal experiments subreddit that I won't name here. Please don't go looking for it. No one had commented on the post yet. We thought that we'd be the first to pioneer this new game. Now I know why no one commented on it. It was simple. Find a scrap piece of paper, write everyone's name in the group on an edge, up to 4 participants. Draw a pentagram in the middle. Fine. Easy. You were supposed to put a ring or something similar over the pentagram. It was sort of an auto Ouija game. Once the spirit was invoked, it would slide the ring to that person's name. And then what? We weren't sure. Reading the directions off of a Reddit post, we closed our eyes, took each other's hands, and chanted, Welcome. 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 I heard the ring move while my eyes were closed. I felt Alex squeeze my hand Tighter and Sam inhaled sharply. They had heard it too. Did you hear that? asked Alex. Yes, I'm going to open my eyes, I said. Are you supposed to? asked Sam. I don't know. I just didn't say what to do after we chanted, just that it would be apparent, I said. I'm scared, said Sam. Slowly I slowly opened my eyes, almost peeking out of my lids. The ring was directly, perfectly over Sam's name. Almost involuntarily, I pulled her arm. She gasped. "'What the fuck?' said Sam. The three of us were still clutching each other's hands. It hadn't been one of us. "'What happens now?' "'Who cares what happens now? How do we end this? I don't like it.' Sam's voice was shaking. "'Let's check the post.' "'We weren't supposed to let go of each other's hands.' That's in the rules. Well, I guess we should have studied the rules better ahead of time. There isn't any more direction. It ends here. What's Sam supposed to do now? What if we try saying goodbye to close the portal? Worth a shot. We all closed our eyes again. Goodbye, 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 goodbye. I heard the ring move. I couldn't help it. I opened my eyes. The ring was back on the center pentagram, but Sam's name, well, it was red now. It wasn't just that it was red ink, it looked like blood. Her name was slowly expanding, bleeding into the rest of the paper. Sam started to scream. The paper was soon completely red, but the ink or blood, the red fluid, kept creeping towards Sam. Down the table and right towards her. What is going on? We need to get out of here, I said. Fuck this. We need to get out of here. What the fuck is going on? Sam sprang back just as Red was nearing her legs. Alex gasped. We both saw it at the same time. It looked exactly like the pentagram I had drawn on the table. I had messed up one of the points. And there it was, perfectly reflected on Sam's forehead. What? Sam yelled at us. Why are you looking at me like that? Alex grabbed Sam's hands and we all ran outside. Out of the musty basement, out through the quiet living room, and onto the front yard. Sam was ahead of us by a few feet, just barely in front of us, but she didn't have time to stop. The truck sped down the quiet suburban street and hit her. Alex and I watched. I can't talk about it more. Please don't go on that subreddit. Please don't open portals. Even if you are just a dumb kid who thinks you're too cool, there are other ways to impress your crush. It's not worth it. We thought it was an automatic Ouija board. Turns out it was more like an automatic Russian roulette.
0: Thank you, Anthony. That was thank haunting. You. Did, you, did you enjoy reading it? Yes. Did you enjoy the story?
2: Uh, I wasn't really paying attention to the story that much.
0: <laughs> cool. Fair enough. Well, I hope you enjoyed these haunting tales. I know I did. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah. So, this was the first episode We have a few more we're working on for you. We're super excited. Um, And like I said at the top, super open to ideas and feedback, so please, please lay it on us. Please subscribe. Please also subscribe um, to us on YouTube if you're into short films. It really kind of like helps our community, helps boost our films in the YouTube algorithm, helps people see them. We have a kind of exciting run coming up on YouTube. We create a bunch of stuff for our Halloween screening and then we'll be slowly releasing it after. So now is a good time to join that community because we have some of my favorite films we've ever made coming out for you guys. Um, We also kind of excitingly have for the first time submitted some stuff to film festivals. So far our film Midnight Visitor has gotten into five and it's been selected as a finalist in the Upstate New York Horror Film Festival. Um, and our to be soon released film, uh, husband and wife has also gotten into a festival. So it's been very, very exciting. And we're hoping maybe for a few more positive responses before the Halloween season is over. Um, so anyway, kind of relevant to this, but you know, it's all an ecosystem. Um, yeah. So please send any stuff to films about lunatics at gmail.com. Even if you just want to talk to someone, I'm there open ears um follow us on instagram at films about lunatics it is a wild ride fun times crazy photos It's about all i can say about that love you very much thank you so much if you've gotten this far in listening to this podcast it means the world um we have some exciting things coming up next for you so stay tuned goodbye Thanks for listening. If you'd like some bonus content, consider supporting us on Patreon to access our patron exclusive podcast, Horror Movie Club.
1: Also, head to lunaticsproject.com to check out our spooky merch and apparel.
0: You can find us at Lunatics Project on Twitter and TikTok, and The Lunatics Project on Instagram and YouTube, where you'll find our short horror films, cemetery tours, and so much more.
1: And please rate and review. A little feedback goes a long way to help us grow and get more content out there.
0: Our cover art is by Pilar Kep. And musical bumpers are by Michaela Papa and Jordan Moser.